Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER, with support from Macquarie University. Today, I'm joined by Anase, and I just want to get straight into things. So first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Felix. I appreciate it. <laughs> We've been through the course of Get Gig Ready, encouraging people to go up to the podcast links, send people through the artist registers, which was how we first got in touch with you. So thank you, first of all, for signing no up to the artist registers and those links for people listening are there if you want to get them. But as part of your submission, you had a wonderful tagline that hooked me instantly, which I mean is what it's all about. It's all about the hooks, right? Which exactly. is that you are alluring in a new era of music one song at a time and I went yes let's hear about that (laughs) what does that mean to you okay so I've been writing ever since I was like 12 11 and basically what it means by alluring um in a new era of music one song at a time is basically just like you know like instead of releasing projects that are like all clumped up together I think it's best to just release a single and release it slowly but consistently um, well, I actually learned that from a, uh, an artist. His name is, um, Ali something. I forgot his name, <laughs> his exact name, <laughs> but he's a rapper. And that's how he kind of built his brand as an artist was to like, just release consistently. And instead of releasing whole albums and EPs, he released singles. And that's how he was able to like captivate his audience and his fans. And so, yeah, I think it's a good way to just explore my genre and really have people get to know what my music is about. Yeah, I think it's also really good because it kind of helps you push that constant progress forwards because there's always, um, you know, we were talking with Rotorus on the show recently about like setting goals and having certain standards that you hold yourself to, keeping yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's really good about having smaller iterative goals is it's much easier to hit them, much easier to keep feeling that progress, right? It's about building those habits. You know, was that something that you've always done or was that kind of a discovery that this is a system that worked better for you? I really think it's a mix of both. I like to have a mix between being inspired and also just going out there and getting things done. If I do find that something's not working for me, I try to look out how artists do their their things and really try and integrate what works for them and see that, you know, maybe that could inspire me to do something different with what I'm doing and really just evolve. Like it's never just a one time thing or one shoe one size fits all type of thing for me. Um, I'm constantly learning, constantly growing. And I think that's like the beauty in creating music. Yeah, for sure. I guess the other thing that it would really help is kind of pushing that innovation forwards, making sure that by having these little steps that you're ready to grow on something that you've done. Is innovation Mm -hmm. something that you really strive for as you make these iterative steps? And how do you make sure that when you do something that's like similar that you don't go, oh, this isn't enough innovation, right? How do you make sure you still actually get it done? Oh, that's that's a bit of a tough one because in terms of innovation, I... I've gotten a lot of feedback from my first project, 1510, my first EP. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people tell me that it's not all the same genre. It's like a mix of different sounds and different vibes and different eras of music. And I think that's what 
like I'm glad people say that because that's what I aim for yeah. to do. Um, but in terms, of, in terms of innovation, I just really like to switch it up and never stick to one type of thing because I feel like I don't know. Like we ha- there's a lot of niche artists these days, and I think it's good to just break away from that and really just be known for being different. Yeah, I suppose like with having that broad range of stuff that you can hear on 1510, mm-hmm. are you looking to kind of like still find a sound that is your music and that's like why you're reaching out trying to like figure out what that sound is? From what I know, I think that the, having that versatility is something that's going to definitely help out for when, for later for the later years within my music career, because I think what I have now is just a little like pre-debut era type of stuff. So I think it's a good way to really like master and and all my crafts, you know? Yeah, I guess talking of mastering crafts, you produce your own music as well. You know, <laughs> for you as, I guess, primarily a singer seems to be what you hold yourself as. How do you treat music production as a skill? Is it just part of the same process as singing and performing as a musician? I think it's like the backbone of creating music. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I like, I, I think I'm more of a lyricist, a songwriter before a singer. Um, but in terms of music production, I usually just have a beat ready for um, when I'm writing something, like I could like think of a word and then there's already like a melody attached to that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of like as produ- producing music, I think it's a fun step. Um, it's something that I really love to do. Like, honestly, I, I just love it too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like whenever I get about producing music, I am just so in the weeds, like poking yeah. and trying everything and it's like the easiest place to do that experimentation and innovation as far as i see it which i think is why it probably clicks with mm-hmm. you as well that's right that's right it's it's definitely a good way to test waters and um i often um release something and then change it and then re-release it again because i don't know i'm just never satisfied with my work but as long as people enjoy it that's all that matters <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we've we've spoken with other bands on the show here, like Coda, I remember, was talking about taking their songs back to the workshop, yeah. trying them out and releasing new versions. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of like depth to that. You know, some people won't feel as good about anything. Like even, you know, you listen to like a crappy demo and it's like yeah. it's the one you know, so you think it's the right one. Yeah. But it's kind of good going back to the drawing board and learning from what you've done. Exactly, exactly. I guess the next thing I wanted to ask about, you mentioned uh, your lyricism there. And there was a really interesting piece that I read with another interview with you where you were talking about how a lot of your lyricism is based on stories of the people around you rather than just personal stories. And first of all, before getting into that, how do you make sure you're not treading on anybody's toes when you're (laughs) writing about their stories? (laughs) So what I mean by writing other people's, oh, well, including other people's stories is that when I write music, I feel like having it from my perspective alone isn't enough to really branch out to how other people feel so like mm. <laughs> when i say i try to include other people's stories like when i speak with my friends families or like people talking to me online i, I try to get people i try to get to know people as much as i can even if they're just strangers or if i'm in a function mm-hmm. because you never know like like their story like about their breakup or about could be like oh oh my gosh i should write something about this so it's it's definitely just being able to see different perspectives of the story and 
creating twists within that song, not just making it like like how I write music as I like to make it like, like, you know, ooh, happy, and then on the chorus, it's like, oh, well, I didn't expect that. And then back to the verse, happy. And then on the second chorus, it's like, oh, <laughs> I, I like to have that emotional roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the emotional roller coaster is a classic I can yeah. always get behind. Yeah. Exactly. I guess it's also, it's. I guess the way that you're phrasing it makes it sound like it's more a way of making sure your lyrics aren't like self-centered entirely. Yeah, it's definitely, about definitely. Like connecting with other people because that's what music's that's about, fine. right? Mm-hmm. 100,000% right. I've, I've read elsewhere that you also had like a background in doing poetry. Is that a very easily transferable skill set to you or do you approach the two kind of differently? Definitely an easily transferable skill set. Um, I've been writing music since I was like 11 or 12, but definitely been writing poem ever since I was like seven or eight years old. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, most people, most people I feel when they're yet that young are like, oh, gross poetry. Yeah. I don't want to learn about Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I've just been so eager to, okay. Like when it comes to poetry, I like to go on a, on a thesaurus and find synonyms of words. I like to make it sound different and unique. Um, and I guess the person that's really inspired that for me is Mariah Carey. I mean, growing up in a Filipino culture, like karaoke was a big thing for us. And artists like Whitney and Mariah Carey really played a big part. But I didn't realize how important lyrics were until I listened to Mariah and see how sophisticated her 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 works of art were, especially her lyricism. And from there on out, I branched into artists like Frank Ocean and really saw like the contrast between how different artists write their songs. And and yeah, that's how it's it's come to this on RSA. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I guess it's really cool hearing about that journey of finding out what lyricism was and what song production was because it's always those like plateau moments you like get to a point and you're kind of comfortable with your skill level then you exactly. discover something new and it's like bam yeah. straight mm -hmm. up That's learning right. all of this new stuff is that kind of what keeps you going in the musical quest oh, like, yeah. is that what this iterative journey we were talking about is all about it's just finding those new moments to send things up to the next level definitely definitely like i thinking about sticking to one thing for me i mean it's good to have your own sound but then at the same time i think I mean, it's a bit bold for me to say that I've already found it because I think I'm still, you know, learning and, and really seeing what works for me and what doesn't. But I think really having being like knowing that I'm versatile in different genres is it's a good thing because later on I can just use those genres to emit different emotions and different songs you know the next thing i wanted to move on and talk about you are currently participating in some online festivals while we're still in lockdown yeah. here in new south wales yep what's that process like for you as a musician how do you get in touch with them how do you get set up what what is the online festival the virtual festival to you all i can say is it's very demanding and very stressful <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's constant rehearsals and really making sure that i put on the show because when it comes to online festivals i know damn well that people are just gonna be like you know in their studios at home and just standing up but personally i i just can't i have to steer away from that and i really tried my best to, you know, like put in a show, show different parts of, of the place, put different views into perspective. Um, 
But yeah, it was just a lot of rehearsals and rehearsals and rehearsals <laughs> and yeah. rehearsals. So are you filming for, for these festivals? Are you filming them in advance or are you performing live? So these ones will be live. But what I'm doing is um, rehearsing as much as I can just so that when it's time for the live shows, it's like straight as if it was like perfection. I want it to be perfect. <laughs> I mean, fair enough too. Fair enough too. So you are you also like setting up all of the cameras for that? You know, how self-driven do you have to be to put your own show together? Is it all you top to bottom? All me, but I have to thank my partner because he is the one like doing all the recordings. And so we're kind of like collaborating um, between what angles look good because I am short. I'm like only like five foot and my partner's like six foot. So <laughs> he's like trying to see which angles work and stuff. And we're just really like, it's a good way to see what works and what not and what doesn't because a little confession of mine this is like my first ever festival to play for so i really just congrats <laughs> thank you so much felix but yeah i just really don't want to disappoint the people that are going to be watching so i really want to be like you know like michael jackson beyonce <laughs> i mean it's really fun too because like despite obviously all of the stress that having a lot of creative control mm. can bring you still have all of that creative control to make things exactly. and try out things mm -hmm. it's like it's a double-edged sword exactly. but you know sometimes the, the other edge is good that's true that's true it, it's it's definitely good to have all the control i can, i have to for what i want to show to people you know yeah and still having collaborators around exactly, to work exactly. those things out yeah totally it, yeah it's good to have great control but it's also stressful to maintain it <laughs> all right fantastic well before we wrap up today you've set in a song that we were going to feature on the show today mm -hmm. called euphoria i was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that <laughs> song what it means and what people can expect to hear from it yeah so euphoria is a song that i wrote um back when i was in a little phase in my life, as I like to call it, in high school. A lot of people don't notice this, but the EP 1510 is basically just like a little storyline, starting off with a song that, that summarizes how the whole line would go. And then the first effect of, you know, how it feels to live, oh, love, love someone and like having those euphoric feelings and having the butterfly for them. And then later on knowing that, oh, wow, you did this to me and I only find out now and then with the last song last summer 2019 it's kind of just like a a way to close the curtains but in a dramatic way because i really and tried to make it as dramatic as i could um but in terms of the song euphoria that's a i believe that's the second song of the ep and that song is basically just there's two ways that songs can be interpreted but i'll just make it quick and simple but basically just being the person who lifts someone up like, you know, you often meet people who, who are not ready for relationships. And sometimes you have to be the one to really like lift them up and show them what's new and show them the good things in life. And yeah, that's what I made the song as. I really made it to be relatable for a lot of people, especially kids in my, in my generation, Gen Z kids who are just not experiencing life too happily most times. So it's a good way to just vibe and keep things realistic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I also, just before we actually throw to the song, I love the way that you've described it almost as like a symphony with an overture and it's big closing number there. And I, <laughs> you know, having heard you say that and listened to the EP, I'm like, oh yeah, it kind of does, which is great. <laughs> so <you>. here's Euphoria. <laughs> Anasa, thank you so much for joining us here on Get Gig Ready. It's been a pleasure having you. It's been a pleasure to be part of this show. Thank you so much, Felix. Let me
inside you're dying It's okay, you'll be alright Just take my hand and baby We'll go Till you get enough 